Hey guys, it's Preston here. Before we get started with today's episode, I need to ask you for help. Every week, Clay and I show up ready to give our most authentic, genuine advice for freelancers trying to scale their business. But without a freelancer on the other end of the call, it's really just not as fun. So if you've been listening for a while, or even if you're brand new here and you still haven't joined us for a call, do me a favor and click the link in the show notes of this episode or just visit freelance2founder.com and scroll to the bottom of the page. There you can sign up for a time to chat with me and Clay. You'll find a short survey so we can learn more about your business. And we promise we'll do our best to help you take your freelance business to the next level. It's all free. There's no catch. We just love to air these conversations on the podcast. You don't have to be a podcaster. You don't have to have everything figured out. But in order to make this show every week for you and thousands of other listeners, we need your help. So visit freelance2founder.com today and sign up. We can't wait to chat with you. And now onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle. And build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's show, did you know there's a difference between how freelancers handle money and how founders handle money? If you want to build a more predictable, long-term business, the honest truth is you'll have to start changing how you think about money. In this episode, Clay and I go into exactly how we think about and manage money in our own businesses, and we give you some ways to make more, save more, and level up when it comes to your own business finances. It's a conversation you're not going to want to miss, and we'll be right back. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, Darren, welcome to another episode of, well, hold on. I had sound. I look really. <laughs> hey, and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Milo.co. And joining me on the air today is my good friend, Clay Mosley from GetDripify.com. Hey, Clay. Hey, man. How you doing? <sighs> doing real good. We were just chatting before we hit record here. And uh, yeah. you're telling me you just closed on a house. That's a big yep. deal. Big deal, big Huge deal. deal. It's a big deal when I mean it's a big deal no matter what because right that's the uh, quote quote unquote American dream right yeah but like as a self employed person <laughs> it's a much bigger deal that's so true it's so yeah. much harder to go through that process oh man we refinanced our house in 2020 because you know the the interest rates were just so low yeah um, during the pandemic and uh, and yeah even that was just 
it's like takes 10 times as much work and paperwork and time and effort. And our guy, our financer guy or whatever you call him was like super helpful and friendly, but about halfway or about like a quarter of the way through, he goes, Oh, you're self-employed. <laughs> and he was kind of <laughs> like, Oh man, I thought yeah. this was going to be like a quick, just like get through it, do it real quick. Yeah. I bet all those mortgage guys, they, uh, or gals, they love that phrase self-employed. <laughs> Which which is like crazy to me because I am making so much more being self-employed and I have so much more liquid assets. Like, yep. like I own 100% of my company. Mm-hmm. So technically, I could liquidate the company at any, any moment. I'm not going to. But like technically, I could. And there'd be a boatload of cash in there. And then on top of that, like I pay myself a decent salary because... I, it's my business and mm-hmm. you know I've been building it for 12 years or whatever. And so like I, I'm better off financially than I've ever been. And yet it takes way more paperwork. Way more underwriting. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So like I have a friend who who's a bit older. He's like in his 60s um, or almost 60. And he's a self-employed person, makes way more money than both of his sons. Yeah. Um, but he had to get a co-signer as a (laughs) 60-something, you know, almost 60, where both of his sons who are like 30, Uh um, who work for startup tech companies that are, you know, startup tech companies, not super stable, right? Oh, I was laid off from one. But they got approved. Of course. It's so messed up because we see a a job as what it used to be like 40 years ago when... You know, you would work a whole lifetime at one company, and now yep. it's like a job is is less stable, I think, than self employment a lot of times. Oh, for sure. It's, it's just like you you have zero control over, maybe not zero, but pretty close. Like even hardworking results bringing employees, a pandemic hits and they get laid off, right? And mm-hmm. there's no controlling that. There's no controlling that. Yep. What's funny is my my mortgage person who owns the mortgage company that I worked worked with, she told me she's like. Clay, I don't even use my own products that I sell because I can't. I just, she's like, I have a personal banker. I get balloon <laughs> loans at terrible interest rates, and and that, and I just know how to make money off of those balloon loans. And so that's just what she does. <laughs> like, that's terrible. Yeah. Like terrible. okay, this system's messed up. <laughs> definitely messed up. If, there, if there's someone listening out there from a country who's doing it better, which I'm sure there is, I am not one of those Americans that thinks. We do everything right and no one else does. Like it's like why can't it be like a car? You know what I mean? Like Oh, totally. It's like, hey, is your credit good? Yeah. All right, sign here. You're good to go. Drive off the lot. Yeah. Literally. Like (laughs) I've never missed a payment on anything in my entire life. I'm almost thirty seven years old. And and yet, like, yeah, even even to get I wanted to get um our credit limit increased just to improve my credit score. And it, I mean, mm-hmm. my credit's good. Like I, I have, but I want it to be like, great, you know, just cause I'm that guy. Yep. And uh, so one way to do that, if you're not familiar with it is like to, to lower your uh, credit, uh, credit to, to debt. Uh, what do they call ratio? it? Like ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'll just raise my credit limit. I've been with Chase bank forever. And, um, and I'll just raise it and and uh and you know that'll that'll help. 
So I call them up and I'm like, hey, I just want to raise my credit limit. And they're like, oh, we're going to need to run a thorough credit. <laughs> I'm like, seriously? Like, you, you, like, <laughs> why, do you wa- why do you want to raise it? <laughs> yeah. But like they can see all of my bank accounts, personal and business bank accounts, yeah. all their balances. They can see all of my payment history. They can see my credit history. They can see I've never missed a payment on anything in my life. And yet they have to run a credit check just, just to increase my credit limit. Anyway. It's it's messed up. All that to say, to you know what, this actually works because today we're going to talk about yeah, it's a good intro. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk all about particularly like maybe a little bit of personal finance and how it overlaps with our business money. But we're really going to talk about how in our businesses we manage mm-hmm. our money. How do we keep track of it? Where do we track it? Where do we keep it? How do we use it? Um, have we hired anyone that helps us with that? So. So let's just like start off. I'm just going to sort of paint a picture of the very, very basics of what my money looks like in my business. And then Clay, you can do the same and we can go from there. But yeah, here's, here's kind of how my money looks. So at one point, so when I was a side hustler, uh, f- like working full time doing the side hustle thing, I, uh, my money was all over the place, which I think, you know, that happens for a lot of people. Every freelancer. Every freelancer. Like everyone getting started, particularly (laughs) on the side and not really knowing what they're doing, right? Which was me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it was all over the place. And then one day I just decided like, I'm only going to pay people and receive payments through PayPal. (laughs) Now, (laughs) at the time it felt like a good idea. What what year was this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was a long time. Like this was in internet years years a long time ago. This was eight or 10 years ago, yeah. So at the time, it sort of made sense, uh, and and um, so I, I did that. And what I what I actually learned, even though PayPal wasn't a good long term decision, what I learned was like the power of everything coming and going through one. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full fledged team. Other times, maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs. And did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro 
pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Place so that I could keep track of Mm -hmm. all of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so I think even though now I have multiple business accounts, we still have the PayPal account, but, you know, we have a business credit card. We have our our, um, business actual, like, bank account. Uh, We have Stripe. We have, like, we have all these different things. Um, it's still, we still are very, very strict about, you know, no business money for personal use and, and vice mm-hmm. versa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that has made all the difference in, in like painful process eradication, meaning it used to be so painful to figure out how much I had made and how much I had spent and how much I owed on taxes and all that stuff. And now it's like, compared to what it was before, relatively easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with all of that. <laughs> In fact, I just now, um, you know, like having everything on one platform, all all charges, all mm-hmm. all uh, fees or whatever, one platform. <clears throat> that I I just now started that. <laughs> like, really? I, yeah, and it's not because of like I didn't know that that was better. Like I knew that that was always going to be better and more efficient. It was just one of those things where like. You know, when I first when I first started Dripify, I started out on uh, QuickBooks Online. Mm, yeah, and and I still use QuickBooks. Like mm-hmm. I, I love QuickBooks, yeah. but yep. I started I started using them for my payment processing. Um, and then I figured out it was way easier because I to to move to Stripe because I could it, it's easier to in, to integrate with a website. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I had a mix of both QuickBooks and Stripe and it was such a pain but but I just you know it was one of those things where I'm like do I want to go and get like new credit card authorization forms from every client that's on QuickBooks mm. and then re-enter it into Stripe like I just didn't want to do that. But I just went through the whole process of doing that and now um I'm 100% Stripe. So nice. Yeah. So, so when you say you're 100% Stripe, uh, to like receive and process payments and and bill clients and rebill clients, that's all happening on Stripe. Yeah. But in terms of your your bank account, like because because and maybe I'm misunderstanding Stripe. I use Stripe as well, but right now Stripe processes payments, holds it for like a day or two, and then sends it to oh, my bank yeah. account. Is mm-hmm. that right for you too? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they don't have a they don't have a like a bank account feature necessarily. No. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. No, they're just payment processor, right? So yeah, like, yep. yeah, it gets deposited into a bank account. Yeah. So you're using a bank account with Stripe and then QuickBooks to sort of track it all. Or are you not yeah. using QuickBooks anymore at all? I do I do use QuickBooks. I and this is um it's for accounting purposes. So yeah. my CPA works with it's QuickBooks online works very well with most CPAs. It's all it's all digital, it's all remote. Um because like every once in a while you'll find a CPA who wants to do everything on paper, which is such a pain. Um, and so with QuickBooks, you can have a remote CPA, mm. and 
that's just how we do it. So that's really the only I use QuickBooks for payroll uh, to process payroll. It, my CPA does that through via QuickBooks, and also all of my just accounting balance sheets, profit loss statements, stuff like that. Mm. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So so recently I um recently I got on what a uh, service called Collective. And they work with freelancers. Um, we'll be sure to link to them as well as QuickBooks in the show notes. Um, but Collective, like, basically took care of all my business licensing and all my paperwork that way, and my LLC and all of that. They set that all up, um, and then they do all of my bookkeeping for me. It's like a small team of people that I can just reach out to anytime I have questions about my money, and um, and they take care of my taxes at tax time and all of that. Um, but they also go through QuickBooks. So like they don't they don't actually have a proprietary software they're they're just more like the team that you hire and then they use mm-hmm. like QuickBooks and Gusto and a couple other things. I think though like for freelancers like that's maybe that's maybe like down the road like you and I are well into our businesses we have teams we have people we got to pay we have multiple like clients that pay us. Mm-hmm. We have like quite a system set up. If you're if you're like a freelancer sort of just getting started or maybe intermediate freelancer I think another good option is like um, recently we connected with found who's a spot who's been sponsoring some of our content and they do like, they do banking, they do bookkeeping, they do taxes and invoices, but it's really like, um, easy for you to do it. Yeah. So, so as a freelancer, if you don't want to hire a CPA or if you don't want to hire like a whole team of people, a bookkeeper, because what a lot of people don't realize is like the guy you hire to do your taxes is not the same guy that would do your bookkeeping quite often. You have to almost right. hire two different people. Um, and that can get kind of confusing and expensive and mm-hmm. maybe more than people want to tackle if they're just a, a team of one or two or three. Um, so like so like found is a great option for that, you know. Yeah, I you know, my my tip, like going so like knowing what I know now, I wish I had found <laughs> found. I wish I had found <laughs> something like found. Uh, because here's my number one tip when it comes to money, like business and money management is even if you're starting off. So whenever you're starting off as a freelancer, it is so much better to set that up right at the very beginning to where you have a setup that will grow with you. Yeah, that's So, so true. Because like what I did was... I used I, I won't I won't mention a name, but I used another particular software that could do that could do like invoices or or like it was basically for solo freelancers specifically. Mm, yeah. Um, but it was not set up to grow with me. Mm. Um, just because it didn't have the features, it didn't have the ability to add to add anybody. The only way anybody could access my stuff is I would have to give them a login my login. Um, and it, it it wasn't very uh, tax return friendly, and so uh, and also it, it just wasn't very friendly just outside of its own system. And so, but like starting out as a freelancer, it was great because it was super easy, user friendly. But like it just didn't grow with as as I grew, mm. and so I had to in the middle of all of of me growing my agency, I had to switch everything. And that is such a pain in the butt. Such a pain, yeah. And so, if you have something like Found, where it, it's it's a it's a platform that can grow with you, 
man, that's going to save you so much headache in the future. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think that's something good to keep in mind as you're managing your money is like, there, there is a risk of over, over planning, like finding something way too robust for what you need. Mm-hmm. But you do need to find something that's going to grow with you. Um, and, and I love what you said about like from the beginning, separate out your accounts, separate out, you need, you need a business credit card that you can make purchases online. You need mm-hmm. a separate business bank account. You need, you need to figure out based on your country, like what different tax forms you need. You may not need to like form an LLC right up front. I didn't for a long time, like probably eight or nine years. Um, I was just a sole proprietor, which is, uh, this is all sort of based in the U.S., but you know, just two mm-hmm. different kinds of business entities. Um, but but like whether you're a sole proprietor, an LLC, an S corp, a corporation, whatever, you do need definitely need to keep your money separate, or or you could end up in trouble. And frankly, even if you never get audited uh, or never never end up in trouble that way, it's just smart to keep your money separate. So many people lump it together, and then they end up spending their business profits <laughs> on yeah. like going out to dinner and you know, buying Legos and stuff. It's like, Mm -hmm. you you can't be spending, I mean, you can, but you're going to, your business isn't going to grow because you're not reinvesting any of your profits back into your business. Yeah. A lot of, I I know so many freelancers that, that do that. They, they just like, whatever, whatever invoice gets paid today, that is their paycheck. Yep. You know what I mean? It's like, that is the completely wrong way to do it. And like, if, if I got paid, so like if I got paid on a, $2,000 $2,000 invoice, like amateur freelancers who don't know anything about money um, would say, oh man, I just got paid $2,000. Like, what am I going to do with it? I can spend it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, no, there's got to be, there's got to be a paper trail and you got to do this the right way. You know, like you got, it, this is why it's so important to get a CPA because yeah. CPAs, if you don't know this, CPAs do. Um, but like, you got to, you got to, Pay yourself as an employee, either as a salaried employee or distribution, um, and then you can go and spend it. Right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, it's just so important to to know the money trail, like how to do that. Yeah, and and also like um, you know you make two you you get a check from a client for two thousand dollars, and and it's like oh man, I'm gonna go spend two thousand dollars on a trip or something, right? Yep. Well, guess what? You got to pay like fifteen to twenty five percent in taxes, so there's like five hundred bucks gone. Yep. You, you gotta. There's gonna be. There's going to be some expenses you've incurred or will incur uh, in your business. So maybe another hundred dollars or so. Maybe you hired a subcontractor to help you with the project, so you got to factor that in there. Like, you're not you're not walking away with two thousand dollars just because you received a two thousand dollar check. And and like you said, like you should be paying yourself. At least I believe you should be paying yourself sort of a, a flat just like you would pay an employee. Well, yep. let's let's talk about this. Do you do you do that? Do you pay yourself a flat fee or how do you pay yourself every month? I I am a I have my I set a salary for myself mm. as a W2 salaried employee. Yeah. That's so me too. I look like I look like I'm just an employee of my company. Yeah. Which I am. I mean, on paper I am. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's flat. It's the same it's the same check every every payday. And then I'll admit I pull I pull extra out when I want it or need it. I mean I'm 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 mindful of it. I don't just like you know. Yeah, <laughs> like I pull I, feel like. I pull extra out whenever my CPA says I need to. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah. like, hey, uh, yeah, you're gonna like, <laughs> you're gonna pay too much in taxes. You need to pay yourself more. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, see, um, so my CPA set it up so that um, I get paid. It's called like the reasonable, I can't remember, like the reasonable, a reasonable wage or something. Yeah, 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 same. But, but they've determined that that's $36,000 a year. So that's like three grand a month. And I've got a wife and three kids. So so like yeah. we're not surviving on 36 grand a year. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I think it's an IRS rule. It's like you ha- you is. can't just like if you're if your business is making five hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year, you can't pay you cannot pay yourself ten grand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep. you have you have to pay yourself a reasonable amount, and I, it's a little bit subjective. There's no it like is. yeah, there's no rule. formula to it. You know, like because yeah. I know some people who are just like I'm, you know, like th- they live off their spouse's income, um, and so like. They just put everything back into the business, but like if you, if you have a, if you're profitable, so that's the difference. If you're profitable, um, and you're making a large number of profit, uh, amount of profit, then you do have to pay yourself something. Yep. But again, that's subjective, and and you you can just tap into the advice of your CPA. Yeah. Um, I I think one thing we haven't like officially said, but we keep saying over and over in different ways is is like. You need a CPA. Yeah, 100%. We are not CPAs. No, we're Full not. disclaimer. No, for sure we're not. And you can't hold us liable for or, anything we've said on the air. <laughs> or we're also not lawyers, so we can't That's tell right. you whether to get an LLC or S-Corp. Or, <laughs> That's right. You know, we well, can give you our, our own experience, but... <laughs> <laughs> but it stops there. But but let's let's talk about a CPA because I went... So as a side hustle, I started in 2009. Yeah. I went to 2000 and. 17, so eight years without a CPA. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in the middle there somewhere, I used a feature or a service called Bench. Uh, and, you know, similar to the one like we've talked about, like Found or something, where it's like some services, but you kind of do it all on your own. But they yeah. did have like a CPA on staff who would give advice or whatever. But I haven't, I didn't have an official CPA until I took it full time in 20, in 20, late 2017. Mm-hmm. So, so like let's talk about let's talk about CPAs. When like when's the moment when you when it's worth cuz they're expensive. They can be expensive. Yeah. Uh when's the moment when that's worth paying for? Um as soon as my opinion as soon as you're making some sort of money. Mm. Um I I wouldn't wait. Like when you say 8 or 9 years, I was, was in my in sure my mind, I'm like, man, like <laughs> dude, you waited way too long. I for sure did. Um also about the like Sole proprietor, I, I think you can you save way more in taxes by incorporating. Um, but like, and we can talk about that later. But like, um, CPA, I I wish I had done that at the beginning. Quite honestly, mm-hmm. um, a CPA is not that expensive. It really isn't. A lot of people think it is, but it's not. Well, I mean, um, if, if you're a freelancer making like fifteen hundred bucks a month, though, paying I don't know, a couple hundred dollars a month for a CPA. Yeah. That can, that can be a, a chunk of money. Yeah, but you're going to save it. You're going to save so much in taxes by, mm. by, um, by having a CPA. So like I, for example, I pay 600 a month mm-hmm. for mine, which I don't think is that expensive for what she does. No, I do have to talk about what's the difference, like what's, what's a good CPA. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there are CPAs that do just taxes, at the end of the year, you know, the end of the year comes, oh, you need to do taxes, pay a CPA to do it, right? Um, th- that's one type. 
The other type is one that acts kind of like a freelance CFO, chief financial officer. Mm -hmm. That's what I pay. And so someone like that, in my opinion, that's who you need because what this person does is... So mine, she helps me with projections throughout the entire year. Mm. Like she, like I project out what I think my revenue is going to be, what my expenses are going to be, line item by line item, and then based off that, she proje- she calculates how much in taxes I'm going to have to pay for the year, and then and and then that's what we do. We so she sets my paycheck according to and takes out the taxes according to my projections, and then. Every quarter, we get together and we do a check-in. And like, hey, how were you compared to your projections? Are you up? Are you down? Okay, well, we need to readjust based off that. Mm. And so like, my goal and any good CPA, uh, their goal, should be the fact that you have to pay $0 in taxes at the end of the year. But also, you get a $0 refund. Yeah. like That is a best-case scenario because... Obviously, nobody wants to write a big fat check at the end of the year for taxes. <laughs> yeah, been there. Um, and contrary to common belief, you don't want a refund. Like no. everybody, everybody gets super excited about a refund, but you know what you just did? That a refund means you overpaid in taxes throughout the year <laughs> yeah. to the government. It's not free and, money. Yeah, but it is. But you know what you did? You made it free money to the IRS. It's an interest-free loan to the IRS. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what you do when you overpay your taxes throughout the year. So I, I don't know about you, but I'm not, in the, I'm not in the business of giving a 0% loan to anybody. And so that's what a good C- CPA who does financial forecasting allows you or, uh, to do proper planning to have a zero refund, zero taxes due, at least as close as possible Uh, when tax time comes. Yeah, in fact, I'd rather pay a small bill at the end of the year than than get a refund. Because also, like, psychologically, there's, like, you know, all the marketing, pay attention around tax time. You'll start to notice, like, furniture stores, like, high-ticket item stores, car uh, car dealerships, like, they all want your business around tax time because they all know that the Mm -hmm. traditional traditional, uh, office job worker is going to get like a couple thousand dollars back in their tax return and they're going to want to spend that money because it feels like free money. Well, when you're self-employed, when you're running your own business, that's literally business or money out of your business, out of your yep. profits that you've sent away <laughs> for a year and now yep. you're getting it back. You could have spent it on something, you could have invested it on meaning something in your business, you could have invested it in people on your business, you could have um, worked on a new initiative or something. Like there's all these things you could have spent that money on. And yep. instead, now you're going to get a refund and you're going to think, oh, free money. And in reality, you're just eating into the profits of your company. So we don't mean yeah. to beat a dead horse. But yeah, that that is definitely a huge advantage of working with a qualified CPA, which we haven't said, by the way, is a certified public accountant. And and most of the stuff we're talking about today pertains to the U.S., although a lot of it pertains to other places uh, around the world. But you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're familiar with the experience in the U.S. That's where we're from. So... A lot of our ideas and and, uh, experience are coming from that. But I'd say like to sum up maybe this portion of the show, if you're a brand new freelancer, um, maybe something like, you know, like found or like some sort of dedicated 
banking, bookkeeping, taxes tool that you, yes, you still have to do a lot on your own, but it sort of gives you like um, data-based, data-driven, I should say, Mm -hmm. like recommendations. Like you should set, based on what you've made this month, you should set set this much aside for taxes or whatever. Like that can all be super helpful. And then like middle ground is maybe like, um, like collective or one of these where you kind of get like the bare minimum from a CPA and then mostly software helping you. And then maybe high end would be like what you're doing, Clay, which is like kind of a CFO meets CPA, a chief financial officer meets a a CPA. And, and they're like giving you advice and recommendations and, and helping you really make the most of the money in your business. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. Um, one, one thing to, to add on to that is, uh, a good CPA will tell you different tax strategies on how yes. to not pay taxes. Yep, and so they like, and their job is to like know all the new fresh stuff every year because it changes every year. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't know this, but the book, the IRS book of taxes, right? That's not the official name, <laughs> but ninety percent, ten percent of it is like, hey, you got to pay taxes. Ninety percent of it is like, here's how you get out of paying taxes. <laughs> yeah. And so a CPA knows those rules. So like, for example, my daughter, Georgia, was born last December. Guess what I did a week after she was born? (laughs) I put her on payroll as an Instagram model, quote unquote, and pay I pay her a $12,000 a year salary (laughs) because according to the IRS, at least... As of right now, September 14, 2022, uh, she can get paid up to, or any child can get paid up to $12,000 tax free, federal, state, tax free, federal, tax free. So there you go. Yep. So you're saving money. So now your business and you personally aren't paying taxes on that amount. And And it's a write off for me. And it's a write off for you. And and Georgia's not paying on that. And then when she gets to an age where, where, uh, you want to give her that money, it's tax-free. So Yep, tax-free. Yep, love it. All right, what, 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 uh, what else haven't we talked about? What, what do we need to cover in terms of like how we manage our finances? I think this has been really helpful so far. Have we left anything out? Um, I, I, one thing I want to bring up is, is everyone talks about how you need to have a cash stockpile hmm. um, just in the bank. Um. So most people would say, oh, what, what would you say? What, what, I'm just curious. What, what have you heard? Hmm. What have I heard or what do I do? I, I guess. Both. Both. Like cash reserve. I, I, I actually feel like in business, I uh, have heard more people say like, just reinvest your money. Don't, you know. Yeah. Personally, I try to reinvest a fair amount, but I love a cushion because... Man, I just, I don't know. I just, I sleep better at night when I have a cushion uh, mm-hmm. of money, a financial cushion, because then I'm not, you know, this feast famine thing, like so many freelancers hate, mm-hmm. that happens because you don't have a cushion. And so in the moment when you run out of money, from what we talked about earlier, you cash that $2,000 check and you spend it. And now all of a sudden you don't have any money. Now you're like panicked and you take crappier jobs. You work with, terrible clients, you're willing to do any sort of work just because you desperately need the money and you're not able to focus on like growing your business in a smart way. You're just focused on like your next meal basically. Mm -hmm. And and for me, that's not a way to grow a business. And so I prefer to pay myself a little less and maybe I still invest in my business, but maybe not as hardcore as some people might recommend. 
and that gives me a nice cushion in the bank. And and I try mm-hmm. to keep it above a certain amount. And as long as it's sort of in that general range, I feel good and I can invest the rest or take out the rest for me or whatever mm-hmm. whatever I feel like needs to happen tax wise. But yeah, that that's kind of how kind of how I roll with. Yeah, that's 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 uh, how many months would you say people should have in the bank? I like to have a year at least. I probably okay. have a year and a half right now, but mm-hmm. um, I'm really conservative about about it because I've got you know we're a family of five, like, and we've got a yeah. mortgage, and like I'm a grown up, you know. Yeah, that wouldn't have been the case uh, in my early twenties, um, or even when I had like one kid. Like I, I probably needed six months or something, but but now. I really like having a good year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, um, so you're, you're, you're on the, <laughs> you're on the conservative side. So I'm def- I definitely, yeah, I play on the other side. <laughs> so like, this is my take on it. I, this really just depends on who you are as a person. Like, if you like to have a cushion like Preston, like by all means, do that. Um, especially if it's going to make you sleep better at night. Um, I'm a bit more of a risk taker. So one of the things that like my one of my business coaches ha- that I've learned from him is like a lot of people say just kind of the general consensus is you need to have six months worth of cash. Yeah. Right? Six months. I think I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Six months of whatever your operating expenses are, the equivalent equivalent of that in cash. Um, so that's what everybody says. You need to have a minimum of that. My business coach says that that should be the maximum. Mm. So meaning, he said, stockpile six months of cash or six months of expenses in cash for your your cushion, right? In case of emergencies and whatnot. But he said, everything outside of that, beyond that, needs to be invested in something and working for you. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a ton of sense. Yeah, because he's like, he's just like, if it's sitting there in the bank, it's not, it's earning what? Generating half a percent. Yeah. Like, and it may not even make money because some banks charge a monthly fee, but like, it's just sitting there. And so, like, if you're in business, your money needs to work for you. And so, create that six months worth of cash. And then anything beyond that needs to be either reinvested into your company somehow, or you buy real estate invest in another mm. or do an acquisition or or something right something that's going to make you more money yeah and that's, so I mean, that's, that's really smart yeah so his his thing is like it's not a six month minimum because that's what everybody says he says it's like it's a six month maximum yeah so do you do that right now I do do that yeah yeah so what where do you hover like is it at the six month mark is it more like three no, I'm right at six months. Um, I and, keep it and at you're the talk, six. You're talking like business operating costs. This isn't like your your living costs, your living expenses. You're talking business um, finances, or is it? A it's it's it's. Oh, I mean, technically on paper, it's both because I include what I what I pay myself as a salary. That makes sense. Yeah. So like because like me, what I pay myself as a salary is a line item on the profit yeah, yeah, and loss okay. statement as payroll. Yeah. And so that's considered overhead. Right. So I do include what I pay myself as part of that six months. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. So my so now I'm thinking through my business and thinking like, well, maybe I and I have started investing more heavily this year in stuff that's not gonna not gonna turn a profit for probably a couple of years, and that's fine. Yeah. 
maybe I need to go heavier into that. Um, a couple of years is normal, though. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. The, the question is like, maybe this is a dumb question, but um, what if you like run out of things to invest in in your business? You're saying then like, then you got to find some real oh, estate. Oh, your own or, business? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that is a possibility. It's like you the only way to I there's ways to invest in your own business that's like okay, you can either hire people or purchase better equipment or software mm, yeah. or or more marketing dollars. Um you know, you can do all that stuff, but there is a point where it just starts to plateau. It's like you know, it's then and then at that point what you do is you look at okay, do you you can invest in adding another service or another product, right? Mm-hmm. The next level on top of that is acquisition, mm-hmm. right? Maybe acquisition of a, a competitor or a complementary business. Um, and then beyond that is stuff outside of your business where you start investing in other types of businesses or real estate. Real estate is usually the next step after that. Mm, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm going to have to rethink a couple of things uh, that way, because I mean, a year and a half is a, is a long time. Like, mm-hmm. like, if I if I went a year and a half and couldn't figure out how to make more money, <laughs> that'd be pathetic, right? I'm self employed. I'm an entrepreneur. If there's anything you know how to do, you know how to make more. You know how to make money. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what my wife keeps telling me. <laughs> and and actually, I've started to wonder. Like on a personal note, I've started to wonder now as we've been talking, if that big of a cushion is actually holding me back, right? Because like, I'm sleeping better at night, but am I also like sort of lazy when it comes to I'm not as like hungry as I was early on. Yeah, when I had no runway or no cushion, mm-hmm. uh I'm I was like super hungry and I would like stay not that this was healthy, but I would like stay up all night like crunching on work and and like I made yeah. it work. I figured it out. Complacency will kill a business. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, definitely something to think about. Well, yeah. I yeah you want to invest in uh uh, I heard uh, you want to invest in Dripify. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's a good bet. <laughs> you get one million percent ROI on it. <laughs> in at the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good thing to keep in mind. Uh, like that's like next level finances too. Is like how you know how do you reinvest your your profits? For me, that that's like a turning point from being a freelancer to being a founder. It's like mm-hmm. as a freelancer. You're very much like paycheck or client check to client check, hoping things work, crossing your fingers. Founder, you're like very strategic. When is this check coming in? Do I have them on a recurring model so that I know how much to expect every month and how much I'm going to get paid every month? And do I have myself on a fixed payment schedule? And like all these things we've talked about really do set you apart uh, from being just like a a getting started rookie freelancer to to being a founder of a company and running a, a legit company, not just a service. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I mean, a lot of people don't think about it this way. Um, there's just different stages in business. You know, there's there's the hustle and grind startup phase, you know. Um, then the next phase is like, you're still hustle and grinding, but you're in growth mode, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like, that's the founder yep. kind of stage. Yep. Um, then there's the third stage of like, okay, you're, you may not be like, you're still a founder, um, but, you, and you're still in growth mode for, for, for a single company, 
but you're no longer in the hustle grind stage, right? It's like you got employees, yeah. you got team, you got team that can handle a lot of things. Like calm down a little, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's like way less stressful. Like you know what I mean? It's like the company can run on its own. And then there's the fourth stage of like scalability, mm. right? Now there's a difference between growth and scaling, right? Like pe- a lot of people interchange those words, but they're it's quite different. Um, but scalability is like uh, is able to is able to grow a company or companies, right? But I would say grow a company, but your profit margin is growing with it. So like growth just means, okay, you're growing top line revenue, but your expenses are also growing at the same rate. You know, like an easy example is, okay, uh, we just added like three new clients that added 100K in, in, in annual revenue, but we got to hire three more employees. <laughs> yeah. You know, to keep up yeah. with it. I mean, it's just, um, but scalability means, hey, we just added 100K in revenue. Um, we didn't have to hire anybody because our processes are more efficient. Yeah. And we're already yeah. set up to service those clients at, at very little extra cost. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And and those are important phases to keep in mind, especially when it comes to money. Like you spend money and save money differently depending on what phase you're in. And if you try to spend like you're scaling when you're just just getting started or you try to spend like you're growing when you're just getting started, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. You're going to run yourself into into the ground. So it's a good thing to keep in mind most definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I personally have enjoyed the conversation about money. I hope the listeners have as well. Uh, money is something we don't talk a ton about on the show, but like we should. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you if you're not if you're not thinking about money when you're running a business, you're not running a business, right? You've got a hobby or a or a project mm-hmm. or something, but without money, it's not a business. So maybe we'll have more of these money conversations again in the future, or at least work them into our other conversations. For now, I think that's been uh, helpful today. So thanks, Clay, for taking the time. Really appreciate it, man. For sure. I super enjoyed it. I always love talking about money. So We love our money. I mean, let's <laughs> face it. We're capitalists over here. We like I, it. I like to figure out how I can make more of it. And more importantly, <laughs> keep more of it. <laughs> That's right. I love it, man. All right. Well, take care. Thanks so much. All right. See ya. See ya. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.